Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 132. Last episode we had was with John McCulloch, who I'm sure a few of you know, ex-Stewartry Young Farmers Chair, current Agri and Rural Affairs Chair at national level, very involved in Young Farmers his whole life, I guess, and always, uh, I assume, will continue to, to be so for some time. Um, now moved into a new job as an auctioneer, so there's quite a lot happening in John's life. Our next episode... I believe will be um, with Grant Barr, someone in a relatively similar position in that he's a national chair of a uh, um, national committee in Young Farmers as well. Um, Grant working on a farm as well as uh, some stories about fundraising and his main thing at the minute is he is currently working his way up in the comedy world. So maybe we'll be seeing Grant on Live at the Apollo sometime soon. So I expect you'll enjoy that episode as well. Today, however, <clears throat> marks the start of what I expect to be a pretty long-running series if I manage to complete this intention, which is to film with every Young Farmers Club in Scotland. Now, if I'm right in saying, I believe there are 72 of them. So given I started this plan about April, and this will be coming out in September, if we keep going at that rate, I should finish by the time I'm about 72, in fairness. But quite a lot of clubs to go through. Want to see what's happening in different areas, different well, different districts, different regions, and different clubs in particular. Every time you speak to a new club, you seem to sort of see something different happening, <clears throat> see something new going on, um, and it's always quite interesting to see. So uh, today we begin with the club I am currently a member of and also concert convener on the committee, and that club is Lower Nithsdale. So Lower Nithsdale is the club around Dumfries, and um, I shouldn't say this, but uh, it's certainly my favourite club in the district, and I've got, oh, I feel like I've got to say that, I also shouldn't say it. I'll probably, sure, someone will get me in trouble for that. I could welcome everyone that's here on the podcast at once, uh, but that would just be an absolute calamity, especially given two of them are currently cuddled up on the bed together. Um, so what I plan on doing is going round everyone uh, one by one, uh, but who I'll, I'll say who is on the podcast first. So we've got our secretary this year, <clears throat> Joanne Hiddleston. We've got our chair, Ross Boyd. <clears throat> I do apologise, my throat is so sore at the minute. I swallowed a fly about 24 hours ago and it's still causing me bother. We've got Tasha, who's our Vice Secretary. We've got Evan, who is our um, Vice Chair. And then we have <clears throat> Molly, Aileen and... Yep, I haven't missed anyone here as well today. So as long as I guess as well as myself, so I should be able to comment as we go as I think the newest member of the group here. I think I will be uh, to the club so I can sort of be the new member chat. But we'll start off trying to get to know who the people behind Lower Nistale are or certainly a snippet of us. I think there's about 90 members. This is obviously just a, a small percentage of us. But we'll start with who is first on my screen. Obviously, you can't see because this is just audio, but that first person is Tasha Richardson. Tasha, could you tell us a bit about yourself, what you do out with Young Farmers? <clears throat> just before we get started with another episode of the R2Cast, I would like to thank our primary sponsors, A-Plan Rural. A-Plan Rural are heavily involved on the social media scene in the ag space with 120,000 followers on Instagram. They use this following to host social media takeovers with farmers throughout the country to showcase their stories. They also post to their rural community blog with further stories about these people in the industry. On top of this, they like to support initiatives that are championing the British agricultural industry, such as myself. So thank you to A-Plan Rural for that. Um... Outside of Young Farmers, I work at Dumb Task. <laughs> Sorry. 
Evan's making me laugh. Can we just cut that bit, please? Um, <laughs> outside of Young Farmers, I work at Dundas as an admin assistant. Uh, for you who don't know what Dundas is, it is a fallen stock collector. Um, so it's pretty busy phone lines. Um, and I've only been there since June. Before that, I milked cows and fed calves. So I'm used to live cows, but I've went from live cows to day cows, which is a bit of a difference. But yeah, so far, so good. Enjoying it, yeah? Yeah, different, but it's good. I like having weekends off. Yeah, it helps. It helps. And for those of you listening wondering uh, why Tasha started laughing through there, we've got two people in this group that are just trying to make it difficult for all, all of us. And that is our chair and vice chair, just trying to make us all laugh. We do have video on as we record this, but I'm beginning to think that might be a bad idea because we're just going to end up having an absolute nightmare trying to stop laughing as we speak. Next on my screen is uh, the youngest member on the call today, uh, Molly Russell. Molly, could you tell us a bit about yourself out with? Young farmers. <clears throat> um, I'm a six-year student at Walsall Academy and I play rugby for the regional team, Dumpy Saints under 18s. Um, I work on a dairy farm just outside of Algarth, uh, feeding calves every second weekend, and I do my best to help out on the family farm just up the road. So. And uh, Molly, for those listening, is when I sort of started to get involved in young farmers. Um, I didn't do too much last year, uh, but one thing I did get involved in was speech making. And Molly, <clears throat> along with another couple, well, another few of the the younger ones in the team, blew my mind at how impressive they were with what they could do at their age. Because at that age, God, I could barely, I was going to say tie my socks, and that proves just how bad I was. Uh, I really put my own socks on. It was impressive to see what some of our younger members are doing, and we will get into that as we go. Um, next on my list is Aileen McComb. Aileen, could you tell us a bit about yourself? <clears throat> um, so I work as a um, technical compliance controller um, at a cooked meat company. Um, so dealing with food safety, food quality and legality as well. Um, so I've been there three years. Um, before that, I was at um, uni doing food and consumer science. Um, so yeah, graduated just at the end of COVID or just at the start of COVID. Um, and yeah, been at Browns ever since. So yeah, really interesting place that because we um we I think I mentioned this in the podcast just of a few weeks after we were there. We went for a trip round it, and I did go for a trip round an abattoir once and ended up on the floor because I fainted straight away. But um, going to Browns was quite interesting to see how how that sort of processing side works after slaughter. So um. Yeah, it was a really good, interesting tour. And it's, it's am I right in saying, Aileen, it's um, Browns that are controlling a lot of the meat products going through Aldi. Is that right? Um, yeah. Um, so we do a lot of, a lot of business for Aldi, um, Lidl as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of them sort of main supermarkets um, we supply um, alongside um, business-to-business customers. So things like sandwich makers, um, wholesalers as well that, obviously go into your your cafes your restaurants um so there's quite a, a varied um sort of marketplace for us um but yeah no it's it's really good um it's a really good place to work i, I love my job yeah it's always handy it's always the first struggle to get over is trying to actually enjoy it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah definitely moving on to the lady that certainly makes it all happen for us uh, and that will be tasha's job next year um is Joanne, Joanne, can you tell us a bit about yourself? 
Hi, um, I'm Joanne, obviously. I am 23 years old and I live on a farm just outside of Dumfries. I grew up on my family run farm with my four older brothers. Um, they had dairy beef and sheep growing up. Um, so kind of did that, went through school, whatever, and I've now ended up as a child and adolescent mental health nurse. Um, so yeah, that's what I do with myself. Excellent. And I think that's it's quite interesting when we speak about young farmers, and we'll probably get into this, Joanne, like we are speaking at club level at the minute, but when you look at sort of the opportunities that move on higher than that, with, for example, national committees, in exam, for example, the development of well-being, it's quite interesting, and I'll actually explain in a minute why I've went through everyone that's on the call and what they do it with, just how many different things and different careers that are involved in young farmers. And this is kind of what I want to try and explain, that it's not just farming, um, as this has proven. Now, I think the next two people we're going to go on to, as I've mentioned, they're just going to cause bother. So this could be, a, this could be one of those things that I have to edit out. Um, they're currently sat uh, on a sofa together with a nice little duvet, which is cute. I'm glad that they're so close, which is nice to see. Um, but it is our, <laughs> it's our chair and vice chair. And purely because he's holding the phone at the minute, we'll go with our chair. Uh, Ross, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, hello, I'm Ross. I am 21. I live we have a dairy farm just outside of Dumfries. Um, we've been milking cows for about 13 years now. Before that, we had beef and a haulage business and sheep and ostriches. Um, I went to Dumfries High School. Then I went to the Barney for two years. And then I went to SIUC Edinburgh for a year. And then I went and worked for a contractor for three or four years, and then now I'm back home working on the farm. What and made you go? What made you go away from beef and hauling? I guess. Um, just the size of farm we've got, you couldn't make a lot of money off of beef cows on it. For the size of it, you need a lot more cows to make money. So it was probably a good size to put a dairy on. So that's why we put the dairy on, and the haulage just. It was just, there wasn't as much work as there used to be, I think. It was years ago before I was old enough to remember it, but yeah. that was a while ago. And uh, speaking about Hodge, moving on to our final member on the call to give us a bit of chat about what's done out with our young farmers. Evan, can you tell us what it is you do? How are you doing? I'm uh, Evan Chandler. I'm 21 years old, and uh, I drive a HGV for the family business, Lockmaven Transport. Um... I, what have I done? For when I left school, I went obviously to the family business to be the apprentice mechanic. But um, let's just say me and the mechanic didn't really get on that well. So I decided to go through a different career path and I went and worked on a farm just outside my hometown of Loch Maven. Um, after doing that for a, a few months, it was actually Ross managed me to get a job at a local contracting uh, company. Uh, Cowan Contract and Services and then therefore I went there uh, done what to do and then I've ended up back driving lorries for the family so. Very good very good so hopefully for those listening that sort of gives you a bit of background as to who we've got here we've got mental health nurses lorry drivers we've got people working in food, pro uh, food processing we've got folks still at school everything and <clears throat> when I originally came up with the idea I don't know how successful this idea will be having every club on the reason I wanted to do that was 
show showcase what young farmers do, showcase what clubs are doing, and from a my perspective, being involved in communications and marketing, sort of sharing best practice throughout the, throughout the organization. But also importantly, this podcast was originally created so we could showcase how to get into farming. And I think it's important to mention that everyone in this call now has some form of ties to farming, but not everyone is working directly in farming. And that's important um, to show just how much and how many of you listening could get involved in young farmers with the only issue being your age. That's the only thing that would deter if you could could or couldn't join. Um, I did want to get that sort of slight background of who we've got here in the club and then maybe have a wee bit of a chat further <clears throat> about some of the things um, and then go into young farmers in, in, in particular. My first question is for Molly. Molly, what do you think is uh, what do you think's the plan for once you finish school? Are you heading to uni? Are you planning going into work, or have you got not not even started looking at that yet? Well, was I think you know because I constantly ask you questions about it, but um, I'm hoping to go to university if I get all the qualifications I need this year. Um, there's a course down south at Hartbury I like the look of. It's uh, livestock production science, I think. And um, it'd be really good if I could go down there, but there's also a lot of good SRUC and university coaches up here that I like the look of as well. So that would be my plan, hoping to go into animal nutrition or genetics or something along those lines. Very good. And I don't know what you're talking about. I don't you've asked me any questions on the subject. <laughs> um, Joanne, you, you work in a probably, probably the furthest from farming out of all of us uh, what what made you go down that route um i mean it just kind of happened by accident i suppose so growing up i always wanted to be a PE teacher that was my thing um i was pretty set on that pe or home ec kind of that that route um and then when i was doing my five hires in fifth year i was in and out of hospital a lot because i got no back to thyroid which kind of put a bit of a halt to thinking right I'll get my five hires and I'll go straight into PE teaching so from then I was like right how am I, how am I going to get down this route so I actually went to Edinburgh College and started doing sports therapy because I thought I'll get my I'll get a HNC HND from there and then I can either go into teaching or my plan was then to do physio um, and I mean something something throughout school I thought was like you go to school you get your hires you go to uni you get your job straight past it's not like that um, I missed when I went to Edinburgh I missed being at home I missed being around the hustle and bustle of like a big family and stuff like that so I decided I was like you know what not for me came home and then I spent the next maybe two two and a half years milking at home in the dairy farm which isn't something I ever see myself doing but I did it and yeah and then I kind of got my thinking cap on I thought long term farming isn't going to be something that's substantial for me to keep doing I've got four brothers in line before I was ever going to have anything major to do with the farm. And so I was like, right, let's let's find something else to do. And I went out on a whim. Um, UWS have a campus in Dumfries and they do nursing, both adult and mental health. I applied for both. And my lecturer went, right, Joanne, what one do you want to do? Because you need to pick from, like, day dot you go in. Um, and she was like, I know you're probably not going to say this, but I think you should go down mental health. And I went, you know what, what have I got to lose? Let's go for it. Um, so, yeah, three years later, here we are. I've ended up in a place that I really love working. So, I mean, it's been a happy mistake, I suppose. Are you are you still training or are you 
no, yeah. that's me just finishing graduated. So I started my full time job as a child and adolescent mental health nurse a few weeks ago. That is a mouthful. <laughs> it is a mouthful. It is, yeah. And uh, did your job change too much between like placement based work to what you're doing now? Or is it just more work based as opposed to study based? Um, I mean, throughout your training, you go out on placements, you do your coursework, and then placement hours, and that's how you can achieve through uni. Um, so I mean, I've I've done a vast array. Like I've I've worked in the mental health inpatient hospital in Dumfries. I've done community work. I've done kind of been all over. And it was actually my last placement, CAMS, where I work, which is the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Service. It's quite specialist. Um, and they tend not to take on newly qualified members of staff or things like that. And something happened in my last placement. They kind of were a bit stuck where to go with me. And you went, you know what, Joanne? They're they're looking to open back up um, to taking students because they were kind of shut with COVID and whatever. Uh, looking to take a student and they'll have a third year. And here was me knowing the whole time through mental health. I think children's kind of where I went to work. Um, they took me and then they said at the end of it, you're like, you know what, we've got a post. You're 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 perfect for it, essentially. So there I am. Brilliant. Good stuff. Probably quite useful in the job as secretary as well, because I'm sure you have to deal with a few struggles. <laughs> Um, Evan, the the home business is that is that something that's been long standing or is is it quite a new business? How long has that been around? Um, well, Evan Transport as its company on its own has been kind of around since two thousand seven, I think. Um, my papa he used to obviously own it before he handed it down to my mum and my uncle, which she had lot Maven Coal Company, which is basically as it says coal. Um, they served. Probably most of them from Galway back in the day, uh, especially kind of Moffat way, kind of rural, rural areas. Um, they obviously it was a local man. A lot of folk relied on him. They got on with everyone. He sort of felt that if someone fought on Christmas Day, he'd go and deliver a bag of coal for them. Like so, you know. Um, exactly. But then, I think it was two thousand. I be two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Obviously, kind of fossil fuels and that was coming in, and folk was realizing more things about coal and all that oil, kind of harmful gases and whatnot. So, just kind of wasn't really working anymore. So, decided to call it a day. And then that's kind of when Lot Transport came about. Um, whole lot of obviously roof tiles, uh, bricks, sandstone, kind of stuff for the building trade. Uh, also, tippers, obviously, sand, gravel. So, it's kind of in that kind of sector, kind of construction and that. So, yeah. And I, I'm not massively up on haulage and transport and that side of things, but from what I understand, the last couple of years, there's been challenges with uh, wage increases and stuff like that. Is that something that hit you guys? or is it um, The wage increases, no, not really. I think it obviously would have went up a bit. Kind of everyone has minimum wage, just everyone in general. People want more money and whatnot. Um. It was probably more kind of the start of the year, maybe end of last year, the fuel prices when it dramatically increased. Um it was kind of pretty it was pretty shit for a while, to be honest. Uh just with the price of everyone. Um it wasn't just us, there was a lot of other people that were struggling at the time. Um just obviously with the more of the war in Ukraine, it kinda put it up, to be honest. But it's kind of settled settled down now, so it's yeah, no, good, good. Um, Tasha, the question for you is actually maybe a bit 
different from everyone else. You're just back from a trip. Uh, could you tell us a bit about that? <clears throat> um, so I went to Canada for 11 days. Um, rented a car, drove around the Rocky Mountains. Um, something I've always wanted to do. I don't know why. I've always just had Canada in my head. Uh, so I decided, do you know what? I'm going to book the flight. Slow, no, I didn't even slowly creep up. It quickly crept up. And before I knew it, I was on the plane. And I didn't want to come home. But I know that I can always go back out, which will more than likely happen. But it was amazing. Highly recommend. I would just like to quickly interrupt the show for a minute to give you some extra information on our primary sponsors, A-Plan Rural. A-Plan offer bespoke cover for farms and estates, the UK over, and will give you tailored insurance for anything on the farm, from your old workhorse tractor that's been around 20 years, or a fancy new and exciting diversification. It, I mean, the, the views in Canada have never been, but when you see anyone go, it just looks stunning, and your photos were, were the same, but... When you say go back out, do you see yourself going out to travel or could you see yourself going out to work there again? Not again. Um, probably working. Like, obviously I have milked and calf reared in the past. And if I was to go to Canada, it would be to milk or rear calves. But I also do really want to travel New Zealand Ooh. and do as well um so probably that probably live out there if i was to live anywhere it'd probably be canada yeah don't blame me it does look nice do not blame you um yeah and i've i canada along with new zealand seem to be the two main ones for folk going out and actually sort of starting a job and then finding that they can live there as well because it's i think in some ways there's similarities to home but also it just seems to be a lot more progressive um Ross, could you tell us a bit about the home farm? Um, stop muting it. Uh, we <laughs> milk uh, 130 cows. They're crossbred cows. They're not beef cows. <laughs> Fleckby cross. Well, the Fleckby cross cows we've got now. Uh, in the last couple of years, we've started crossing them. It's called a three-way cross. The pro cross, it's called. So Fleckvay, Holstein and Norwegian Red, we cross our cows to. Um, apparently that's meant to be like the, the best cross to do for milk quality right. and yield. Um, we... Oh, what am I trying to say here? Um, when we're breeding cows, we give them two straws, a sex semen, and then a straw... Of beef semen after that, and if they're not calf, they're away. Um, usually it's Belgian blue, but recently we've started using limousine semen. Right. Okay. Um, when you um, when you converted to dairy, did you go straight into flake bay, or did you go? How do you put this? More conventional, I guess, like sort of more like a Holstein Frisian at first, or was it straight into flake bay? <laughs> when we first went into dairy, and we bought one hundred and twenty. Holstein Frisians from a farm at Abbeytown, like uh, in Cumbria. Spatria. Spatria, that was selling up. So we bought their herd of them. And we, it was probably three years after that, Dad went on a trip to Austria uh, to see some flight with cattle. And then we ended up buying 
three, I think, we started with. And then right. after that, we started buying semen and more of them. And then we just eventually got... Uh, until probably two years ago, there was it was all flex is really we had. Um, and then until we started putting Holstein back to them and Norwegian Red. Um, oh, very yeah. good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my do not disturb turned off there. <laughs> That's why you heard the uh, things went through. Um, no, good, good. And uh, yeah, so for, for those of you listening, that's sort of, I guess, a bit about who's on the call, what what types of folk find themselves in young farmers. And as you're seeing, it's very varied, like, you know, very varied. Um, also, if you're listening to this and this does become a thing, I know of four other clubs that are keen to do this. Um, if you are listening, you're like, oh, I want to do, do that with our club, great. But if you are listening to this and you're you're in a club, not in a club, and you've got questions about certain clubs or you want me to guide questions to clubs in general, please, please send them in. Um, I know a lot of you do get in touch with me quite often. So, yeah, feel free to send me any questions in that you want me to ask folk. <clears throat> Before we just get into that, I just got one more question for uh, yourself, Aileen. Could you tell us a bit about your course at uni before the job you're in now? <clears throat> yeah, so um, my course at uni um, is called Food and Consumer Science at Abertay in Dundee. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of... There was two courses ran ran side by side for the first, I think it was either two or three years. Um, so it was a four-year um honours course. Um so for the first, I think it was two years, it ran alongside um food, health and nutrition. Um, but both courses kind of tailored themselves to fitting into the sort of home economics teacher route, um, if that's something that you're interested in. Um and then sort of tail off and specialise towards kind of the one that I did that was more towards food manufacturing um, and the food industry and then the other one more towards your sort of kind of nutritionist um, roles so um, yeah it was a really good course um, fair, like pretty science based um, and also a bit of kind of business in there as well and we had a couple of modules on new product development where we had to like um much to my disgust, I had to develop a vegan chocolate bar. <laughs> Being the only farmer on the course, or like the only person from a from a farm, um, on my course, um, and I got put in the group to do a vegan product. I was absolutely affronted, um, but no, it was really good. Um, a lot of different skills, um, and just to sort of kind of prepare you for food industry, and yeah, I just found the whole thing really interesting. So yeah, I mean, the was there a project? Like yes. A, like or was that project part of the project? No. Um. So we had like our new product development module that was like our project to like develop a a pro a new product. Um. Pitch it, do all the business postings, that sort of thing. Um. And and actually make the product itself. Um. Knowing all the science behind it and stuff. Um. But also in third year we had a work placement so a 10-week placement um with some people that was a school if they wanted to do teaching um I chose to do um, a food manufacturer I went to um at, the, at, at that time it was called Mackey's at Taypack um so that made Mackey's crisps and um, they now just rebranded to Taylor's um so they had 10 weeks there um just working on the line 
uh, working for the QC department and also um, kind of doing my own work behind the scenes developing a product. Just in theory, nothing that I expected them to launch, um, but they ended up eventually launching it with a few tweaks afterwards. Um, I had to pitch it to the directors and stuff. Um, so the Mac Mackey's, um, they brought out Haggis Neeps and Tatties crisps. Um, so originally that was my sort of kind of development um, on from that, which was really exciting, especially to, you know, just be a uni student um, just there for a 10-week placement to to have something I could point out in the shops that I'd had something to do with was pretty cool. <laughs> I hope you're getting a pretty good commission on that, 50%, I assume. Uh, oh, not at all, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I um, wish. <laughs> yeah, well, I know that would be pretty handy if you could get that. That'd be class. Uh, with a with a focus on young farmers, we've got. I'm going to guess most people here were teenage starters and young farmers. Obviously, Molly, you still are. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Is there, did everyone here start in their teenagers? Yeah, yeah. It looks like that everyone's saying yes. Um, why I'm I'm going to throw this out. I'm not going to choose who's speaking first. I'm going to let you fight over it. Why did you originally choose to join Young Farmers? And actually, and the next question, and I know there's one person that this wasn't always the two people. This wasn't always the case. Anyone more? I think it's two people. Uh, why Lower Nith? I'll start. Very good, Tasha. Thought you might. Um. <laughs> so I joined when I was seventeen. Yep. And I didn't actually join Lorna still first. I joined another club in DNG because Get out. I, <laughs> I was poached. I was asked to come and join their club to do talent spot. Uh, obviously, I didn't know anything about young farmers because I wasn't from a farming background. Um, but one of the the members had told me it's just singing and dancing and I love singing and dancing even though I'm not the best at it but I love it so I was like yeah sure I'll come join uh, so I went and did that and I just kind of fell in love with it Um, I enjoyed meeting new people Um, and then I was I was only at that club for three months to do the talent spot and then I got taken over to Lower Niff because that's what matters you give to Lorna <laughs> yeah just because I knew people in the club um and now I'm at Lorna and I wouldn't change it for the world look at that well saved well saved um <laughs> did you say cringe <laughs> <laughs> well Ross since you've you've uh, you've came in when, when did you join um, was there any well, ever another another club? Was it always good? Yeah, I joined Annandale. Uh, start with just for a short period of time. I, I don't like even... Um, and then I joined. Well, that was when I was fourteen, and then I joined Lonestil, probably when I was still fourteen. Um, <laughs> and yeah, then I yeah, that's that's now. <laughs> No other transfers? No. Um, I would also like to say I uh, started off in Annandale too and I mostly joined Lower Nisdale because I felt like they had more opportunities 
in the young farmers industry, industry because it's worldwide and all that, you know. Yeah. Um, just like I say a lot more opportunities, activities, events. Um, so that's kind of more how or why I joined Lona still and. Now it's 2023, and for some reason, vice chairman. I still don't really understand how I managed to wangle myself in that, but I have, so I can't okay. complain. So it was a good move. You're not the you're not the only vice chair that has those feelings in this meeting. How did they get there? Um, so is it just Molly and Joanne that are? Because Aileen, well, Aileen, give us yours. I'm pretty sure yours is not just Laura Nith either. Yeah. Um. So I'm like born and bred Macker's girl. Um and yeah, joined Mackers um when I was fourteen, um and then I moved after uni um and I got my job um over in Sankar, moved to Sankar, um and I was like, well, I'm gonna need to try and integrate myself into some sort of community over here. Um, I obviously had like I knew quite a lot of people in Lower Nith, and of the sort of ones nearest to me there was it was the club that had the most going on and I already had my foot kind of half in the door there um so I was like it makes makes sense for me to 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 join Lower Nith as much as it broke my heart to treat to be a traitor within to another club in D&G um I've I've loved it um being part of Lower Nith um and yeah that's been about three years now um so yeah so I I thought when I said this that Tasha and Aileen were the two that had been out with Laurenith, but I was obviously wrong. Um, Molly and Joanne, are you going to tell me you've been in other clubs as well? No. No. I think I'd like to, like, when I go to uni, I'll probably join another club. Not you're, not you're not allowed. Like, see what other clubs have to offer. I don't think they'll offer as much as Lorneth. There's always something going on, but like I joined I joined Young Farmers for like one main reason and it was like you always hear of like your aunties and uncles or family friends going about how much of a good time they had and how many people they met. Like I also joined because if I joined any other club in D and I'd probably get slaughtered because my uncle was a chairman, my auntie was a secretary and Everyone else was a member, so I'd probably get slaughtered if I joined another club in the district. So did you join at 14, Molly? Um I think I was 15, 16, 13. Yeah. You've certainly always been there since I got involved, but I've only been there what, 15, 16 months, I think it is. Um Joanne, you're just Lorneth, is that right? I am, yeah, Lorneth through and through. Um I mean if you were to look at me and to look at what stereotype someone joining Young Farmers is, I'm probably a prime example, joined when I was 14, pretty much on the dot. Um, so I've been a member for what, nine years now, which is a bit crazy. Uh, I pretty much grew up around Young Farmers. So my brothers are, what are they, five, seven, nine and ten years older than me, uh, 11 years older than me. So there's a wee bit of a gap. So like I kind of grew up going to events and stuff with them. Um my dad, my uncle, my mum, whatever, they were all part of Lorneth as well. So it was just kind of something that was always going to happen. Um, but I see when we're talking about diversity and young farmers and things like that, in the time that I've been a member, there's been such a shift in getting people from different backgrounds, people that have nothing to do with young farm, like farming, coming into it, 
um, there's been a real shift in like events. We do so much more now than what we did way back when I started. And I mean, I feel like I've not been a part of the club that long. Realistically, I probably have, but it's crazy how much has changed in that time. It is. It's quite impressive to see how quickly clubs can shift, and that can be for the better or for the worse. In fairness, just depending on who you've got at the helm, like, um, and certainly in the two years I've watched Lower Nith, it's been very impressive. But I mean, I might as well throw it in for those listening. I am not only someone who's been at Lower Nith either. I've been. Um, an affiliate, a, a, an actual paying member of Aaron Young Farmers back in the day. Um, I was the chair, secretary and treasurer for two years. And uh, then I think I paid a membership for Crossroads one year, I think. But I only went to one event, so um, I'm a, well, I don't think anyone actually knows I've done Young Farmers before, Lower Nith, but I'm essentially just Lower Nith, <coughs> if I really sort of looked at it. Um, but yeah, that's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, out of the seven of us, five of us have been in other clubs. So there's a lot of sort of chances there, obviously, from a Young Farmers perspective to to travel around. And Molly made a really good point <coughs> that she'll be going to uni. And uh, some clubs allow the opportunity for you to be a sort of dual member, which is really useful as well. But let's focus Lorneth in particular, and I'll maybe throw this out probably originally to Ross and Joanne and then sort of let it disperse around. Um, what are Lorneth doing? I feel like I'm going to jump in because I feel like I'm Ross's right arm and he doesn't know if I'm not there. Um, <laughs> in terms of events right now or our year as a whole? Just in general, Joanne, yeah. I mean, like this will be coming out next week at the point of recording so yeah it's next week so yeah talk a bit about what's coming up and also maybe some things we've done this year and then what's what's the plan for the remainder of the the year yeah um so i mean most young farmers clubs they run march to march so myself and ross and our committee were kind of halfway through every year um the first kind of six months a year it's a lot of your summer syllabus your thought judging's um, competitions at Highland Show, things like that, sporting comps, it's very full on and busy. And I kind of thought after we get past like August, it'll start and slow down, but it's not slowing down in any way and means. But part of me kind of loves that. I think I'd get bored if I was just sitting. So coming up now, we have lamb and beef dressing practices. It's coming up to DNG and then West and national competitions. So getting members ready for that. We are doing our root show. We've just recently done our big charity event for Parkinson's. Um, what else have we got? We're starting our concert, which obviously was is a concert convener of. That's in the pipeline. Um, and that'll take us up pretty much to January. And then it's talent spot, random games night, thing like that. And then we're done. So yeah, flying past and very busy. And uh, because, because you've sort of taken the reins with that one, Joanne, I'll pass this one to Ross. Um, how easy is it, Ross, for, for folk to get involved? If, they, if they're not a member, maybe they're listening, they're in the area and they are the right age. Um, how easy is it for them to, to get involved with Lorneth? <clears throat> um, it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, you just turn up to an event we're having. Um, if you want to join, we'll give you a new members form. Go and fill it out. £25 for a new member. Um, and then you can be added into the group chat and then you'll get to know what's going on. Perfect, nice and succinct. Covered it easily. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's very easy to join. You mentioned fundraising there, uh, Joanne. We've um, 
chosen uh, a designated charity for this year? Is that something that happens every year? Yeah, so every year at this kind of start of your your new committee, your new chair, secretary, whatever, um, you kind of set out a plan for your year, what you're going to get up to and stuff. And every year we, we, we choose a charity. So that's quite often something that's close to your chair and secretary's heart, something that's close to the club, um, something that you're really striving for this year. Um, so this year we chose Parkinson's. Um, I mean, there's a whole load in our social media about why we've done that and the fact it's so close to our committee's heart, some of our senior committee, whatever like that. But yeah, it's been really quite special. And yeah, yeah, no, it's, been, it's been a good charity to raise money for. And we, we will be having Stuart Burgess on the podcast the next month. Um, he's coming on. But uh, give us a little rundown of what happened on Sunday. <clears throat> so on Sunday, I mean, this was Stuart's idea. And when he first said it, I thought, how on earth am I going to risk assess that? But I mean, we've done it. It's out of the way, so we can talk about it. I don't need to feel like I'm going to jinx it. Um, on Stuart's dad, Ian, is a family friend of mine. My dad was his best man, I'm sure. Um, he has Parkinson's. He was diagnosed, I think it was nine years ago. Ian's farmed at the foot of Criffle, which is a dormant volcano in Dumfries. I want to say it's a volcano, yeah. Um, farmed there pretty much all his life and has never been up it. Um, and Stuart said we were discussing right, what are, what are we going to do, what can we do different to raise money because I mean if, like year in year out you get your typical, you get your charity cycles, you get your marathons, you get your whatever and Stuart said this is, a, this is a different idea but bear with me so he came back to us and he said let's take dad up Criffle and my first thought was and how on earth are we doing that Stuart um, so anyway on Sunday got members together and there's so many past members, friends of the club, random people that came along get involved. We took Ian up Criffle in a little horse cart, sat him on, and members, everyone that was there, pushed pushed the cart up, pulled the cart up to get him to the top of Criffle. So it's something he's always wanted to do, but never has. And now because of his Parkinson's, he doesn't have the mobility to do it himself. So, yeah, it was quite special. Um, there was a few tears shed at the top, and it was just lovely to see how much it meant to him and his family. And I think it's amazing the amount of money you can raise as a club. But see, he's having something mean that on a personal level and the difference it makes to someone. I mean, it's, 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 the money's a bonus, but seeing the effect you have on someone is so much more worth it. Oh, 100%. Like you said, there there was a few tears. It was quite emotional. I mean, I, I don't really know many of the people involved. And even I was like, oh, this is a nice moment. Um, and to see how many folk got involved, and, and I don't mean from a monetary perspective, I mean on the day going up the hill. Um, yeah, it was it was almost like you all felt part of the family. It was really nice. Um, speaking of fundraising, Tasha, you've got a plan to do some yourself. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2Cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Yeah, on a Sunday the 22nd of October, the day after Westminster and Riffs, <laughs> I'll be heading up to St Andrews Airfield for half eight in the morning. Lucky me. 
Yeah, that's going to be you're going to struggle. To throw myself out of a plane, I'm doing a charity skydive for Parkinson's on behalf of Lorde. Uh, I decided I wanted to do this because skydive is on my bucket list and I'm trying to tick everything off my bucket list. And I thought, what better way than to do it for charity? Um, and I thought, I'll just do it for Lorna's current charity of the year, which is Parkinson's. Um, Looking forward to it. So, nervous. yeah, definitely nervous. No wonder. Fair play to you. Um, if people are listening, what what would be the way they could, they could support? <clears throat> uh, just giving page. Yeah. Which I have set up, but I haven't really shared it about yet because I wanted to get the cripple climb out of the way first. Mm. Um, but now, once that's over... I'll post it around. Very good. And uh, the name of this organisation is Young Farmers. Um, Molly, you're very much <laughs> older of the youngest in this group by a ridiculous amount. Uh, it makes me feel pretty old, actually, given I'm about two years, three or four years off of being double your age. Um, but what, what have you gained? You've obviously only been in Young Farmers a couple of years. What have you gained at your age as uh, in Young Farmers? Uh, a job, <laughs> um, me and new people, friends up around the around the west area. I went on a junior jaunt this year, which I thought there were really more than six people on, but turns out there was just six of us. And to be fair, it was so good. Like an opportunity like that doesn't come up for an everyday life. So going out, meeting new folk, just having just a bit of fun really and um yeah got a job as I say meeting people from over the district gained a bit more of a competitive streak in things and got a bit more confident around people I would say especially with a concert and talent spot you're kind of you don't get an induction to these things you just get thrown right in the deep end it's like a but it's just a bit of fun at the end of the day so yeah I would recommend it to anyone and I, I think that's it. And the junior joint thing, it was a shame the numbers dropped last minute. Um, but I was glad you went because it did look so good. Uh, and even though it was just a small group, you probably got to know them even better. But certainly, um, <clears throat> sorry. I seen I seen one of the boys at Dunphy Show. I was in I was in a restaurant in town, and he was standing. And I was like, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone had to ruin that, didn't you? You just made a really nice comment and then Tasha and Joanne were the ones being immature. Um, no, that's that's nice. And it's and you'll make those friends throughout it. I mean, you've started at 15, so you've got the chance of being in Young Farmers for as long as you haven't been in Young Farmers if you continue going as long as you want to. And certainly I've watched you for the last year. It's impressive what, what you, Finley, Kaylee, Ellen, Gabriella, Charlotte, all the young ones are doing. It's impressive. Um, so no. Good. I'm glad you're getting out what I sort of see you're doing as well. Um, looking to actually one more question before I say that. One thing that I've been really impressed with with young farmers since I got involved, <clears throat> apart from the fact um someone complained at Highland Show and made sure we had to take the golden uh, all of the shears off of the displays of golden shears. Anyway, um, 
I've been so impressed by handicrafts, so impressed by handicrafts. And we've got quite a few people in here that have done that, but I'm going to pass it on to uh, our ex-handicraft convener, who's done very well at your show. Uh, Aileen, could you tell us a bit about, and Thailand for that matter, could you tell us a bit about handicrafts? Uh, yeah, so handicrafts, um, probably one of the first things that I, you know, properly competed in, um, young farmers. I'm not sporty at all, so give me something that I can, you know, work away on myself. I, I'm in my element. Um, so, yeah, so handicrafts starts off junior level, we're teams of four, and then we move up to senior, teams of six. Um, so you've got, um, everybody does an individual item. Uh, so it varies from, it could be things like a cake or some sort of baked item um, to sewing, um, loads of different crafts. Um, and then it's all set up on a appearance and display board. Um, so everything's individually marked and then you get a mark for your appearance and display overall. Um, and it's all tied into a specific theme for the year. So it allows... I think it's a quite a good gateway for young farmers because it brings people in that might not necessarily come from a farming background or have an interest in sports or, for example, like sheep and um, like sheep dressing, that sort of like agricultural side of things. Um, it brings in, you know, something something a bit different. And I'm going to guess you're being quite humble because you haven't mentioned it. Uh, you did pretty well at it this year. Tell us about that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, I got a uh, what was it? Was it best? I think I got best cake at air. Tell us, could you tell everyone about that cake? Because I've done, I have seen it twice now. You've Highland, which I not that not that I expected best cake at Highland. I just you know, well, but. I I should I did, just an FYI. But um yeah, air I was absolutely amazed. Um it was an illusion cake. A theme was travel the world. So I decided, you know, I I love food. Um as you could probably tell by my career choice. Um so I decided to do we kind of went down sort of travel in Asia sort of route. Um so I did a bowl of ramen. Um, as a cake, which I was chuffed to bits with. I've never been so proud of something that made at handicrafts. And I've been doing this for best part of 10 years. I've been doing handicrafts for now. So, yeah. In the politest possible way, you've sold that terribly. It was a plate of ramen. <laughs> but, like, right, I'll try and explain it because Aileen's not going to do it. It was a plate of ramen, which in itself was amazing. It was like one of those cakes that you like go is it real or is it fake and you don't know but then the noodles were going up and holding the chopsticks it was like someone was holding the noodles but their hand wasn't there and it was just in midair and it was insane i don't know how it happened um so very deserving uh but yeah handicrafts are good in for a lot of people <coughs> moving <coughs> sorry moving on to sort of i guess the last topic i really want to talk about um and you probably haven't noticed this, the time does sort of fly by, or you're very bored and you have noticed it, it's almost been an hour. Um, the, the thing I really wanted to cover, and this is one for the man in a little green blanket at the minute, and Tasha, uh, next year, Lorneth's having a birthday, uh, and you guys, as it stands, will be the ones in charge. Uh, what what does Lorneth being, and I'm going to get the right date this time, 
being 80 mean for the club? Big year. <laughs> Absolutely. What's the, have you any plans? Obviously, you don't have to say anything that's maybe undisclosed. Yeah. Would work. But I don't know if we're allowed to announce any of it yet. I don't think. Um, normally, with all the anniversary years, there's it's not just us as a committee. Is that right? There's obviously that kind of, the, what do you say? Anniversary oh, Anniversary committee. The older members of the club. Um, kind of obviously people that's been in it, um, the past years, uh, like we all come together and obviously kind of put ideas across and kind of work as a work as a kind of a bigger team. To be honest, I suppose. And uh, no specifics need to be said, obviously. But does that mean other events, or does that mean uh, extra fundraising, or what sort of thing? Can be. Um, oh, I think next year uh, it's not really been. Um, What's the set the date or anything, but or whatever. Ross. Um next year's charity is being agreed on by like the whole of the, the committee anniversary and obviously the loan is still committee the now. Yeah. Um we won't say it just yet because it's oh, a big one next year. Um but there is there is a few uh, ideas in the in the whatever you want to say in the pipeline. Yeah, no, good. I did I did want to put that question out there. I didn't want I obviously didn't want to push anyone saying exactly, but I think you dealt with that quite well. But uh, yeah, Lorneth is 80 next year. Um so yeah, big year coming. Um quite a lot of big birthdays in D and G next year. Is Stuart someone one as well, isn't it? Or is that this year? This year. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, quite quite a few big ones in the often create quite a, an enjoyable year for those involved so if you are listening and uh, you want to get involved that could be quite good to get involved for an anniversary year we are being shown someone on the screen by Evan and Ross and I have absolutely no idea who it is <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I don't know if this is useful information or what but I am definitely not getting the joke I, I do apologise um, but everyone that's been on it's <clears throat> It's good to sort of showcase what Laura Nith are doing. Joanne obviously did quite a good sort of comprehensive look at the syllabus there and, and, and that sort of thing that I'll be going on with Laura Nith. If you are a, a person in the local area or maybe even slightly surrounding areas and you think it sounds like a nice club to get involved with, do get in touch um, on social media or uh, come along to an event like Ross said. <clears throat> but there's two questions I ask everyone before we finish the podcast. And uh, the first one I hate, I think it's horrible, and I, what I particularly hate is I'm going to ask one person this. I think it's going to make us feel all ill that uh, she will be 21 when she's talking about it. Um, the first question is, where do you see yourself in five years? And uh, I'll go around everyone. I'll pinpoint everyone at first. And the second question, if you had to explain the club to someone just quickly in the street, how would you do it? So I'm going to put the chair on the spot. Ross, tell us, where do you see yourself in five years? And if you were to explain the club to someone quickly, how would you do it? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, in five years I'll be nearly 27 so I'll probably I would think I'll still be in the Young Farmers um, probably just working away <laughs> don't know see what'll happen more. what was the second question son? <laughs> uh, if you were to explain the club uh, to someone quickly in the street how would you do it um, uh, uh, a good laugh. Good, perfect. That's all we need. 
excellent. That's a good thing. Um, who's not been second before? Molly, five. I hate that you'll be 21. That makes us all feel so old. I'll um, actually be 22. Oh, 22. Sorry. Really You're 17. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Driving a start and still makes me feel very old. Um, where do you see yourself at 22? And uh, yeah, how would you explain the club to qu- uh, quickly to someone in the street? Um, hopefully finishing my degree in something. And uh, I'll probably still be in the club. Whether. Um, I'll, I would explain the club as an excellent opportunity to find new roots in farming and find new friends. And yeah, find new friends, that's a good way to put you. Very good, very good. What more can you ask for? Tasha? Do you want the truth? Um, do I? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I see myself in five years. I, I don't know if I want to be here or traveling or settle down. I don't know. Excellent, because um, I'm the exact same. I just, I, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow, let alone in five years. I assume you're going to work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be going to work. But I just take every day as it comes. Yeah. I mean, I hope I'm ha- happy and healthy. That's there. And not very ambitious. I wish I was, but I'm not. Happy and healthy is pretty ambitious, I'd say. If you got to 20, can't remember what age you are, something. And, uh, 20, I'm 20, I'll be 25. Oh, God, that makes years, I'll be 25. Yeah, as well. um, yeah, if you get to that and you're happy and healthy, what more can you ask for? If I came I, up with this, sorry? I think 25 is still, like, young. Like, how old are you, Wallace? Um, one more than that. Is that still young? Yeah. How old are you, Aileen? I am 24, nearly 25. Apparently and that's I... still young, maybe? <laughs> uh... <laughs> still young. Um, Tasha, if someone come up to the street and asked you uh, to explain Lauren Eth, how would you do it? Um... I don't know. I don't want to sound corny. Go for it. Be corny. Go for it. Corny. <laughs> One big family. Oh, cute. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> Evan, since you're so excited to tell us yours, five years and explain Lorna in a sentence or two. Uh, five years' time, I would, um, I would hope that I would probably get my foot one more kind of step in with the business a bit more I wouldn't say in charge but but I'm kind of every year I'm getting a wee bit more and more involved with um with the business side obviously I, I would want I would probably want to be in charge it by then um I'd probably settle down married with three kids um <laughs> two dogs you know take away and movie night on a Saturday night or divorced one of the either one of the two. Uh. <laughs> so to get to the the married with three kids, two dogs, and having a takeaway and film night on the Saturday night, and then be divorced in five years is extremely impressive. I'll be impressed, you man. Okay. Yeah, it's been known in the past. That's <laughs> that. <laughs> and a quick explanation of Lorna. 
Carnage. Carnage. Carnage, Carnage. is good. Carnage is good. And you're almost 30 because you said almost 25. Yeah. I know. Scary. That makes me feel really old. <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you're not that much older than me. Year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Five years and explain lower now. Five years time. Um, mine's pretty career focused, to be honest. I mean, overall, I think I'm gonna uh, like obviously just want to be happy, um, happy, healthy. Um, probably progress in my with my career um a bit more um, which is exciting. Um, I'll be kind of obviously at that you know nearly thirty. I'll be tailing out of or or I've already tailed out of young farmers, which is kind of sad. Um, but hopefully I'll have you know made the most of every opportunity I've had um, throughout those five years, my final five years in Young Farmers, because um, the people that you meet during that time, you know you you bump into all the time um, afterwards. So so yeah, um, and then with respect to your second question, um, I don't know how I'd describe Lorneth. Um, I was going to say a big dysfunctional family, but Tasha kind of took that one. But yeah, I would say I would go on the, the less wholesome route and say dysfunctional family. <laughs> is, there yeah. any that are perf- is there any families that are perf- perfectly functional? They'd be boring. Well, exactly. Yeah, you've got to have a bit of, as, as, as Evan says, carnage in there, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of <laughs> And uh, to finish it off, our secretary... The person who keeps us all in charge, the person who makes it all happen. Um, Joanne. Um, five years time. Where am I gonna be? Where am I gonna, what age am I gonna be? Twenty eight pushing twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. Goes, yeah. Um where will I be? Working away? I mean, I don't know. Married. Think I'll <laughs> yeah, think I'll be settled down. Who, who knows? Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Um, young farmers. I mean, I'm I'm a bit offended that they're all saying it's dysfunctional and carnage and whatever. Because I mean, I thought I was doing an okay job, but clearly not. Um, Lower Nestle <laughs> as a young. Yeah, take it seriously. Lower Nestle as a young farmers club is diverse, welcoming. Um, we are a friendly bunch that aren't, we're not hard to get in touch with or contact. And I would say as a club, we provide a vast array of opportunities. So there's always something that fits anyone's needs from sports to handicrafts, speech making, concert, charity stuff, um, social events, yeah. No, couldn't agree more. And that's coming from, I think at the start, <clears throat> I said that I'm the newest member here, which I think is true. Uh, and yeah, I didn't really know anyone before I started. And I've certainly got <clears throat> got to know a lot of people in the area pretty rapidly. So no, I would completely agree with all those points. And uh, very much a diplomatic secretary's answer as well. <laughs> uh, covered all, all bases as well. But no... I appreciate it, everyone. It's quite strange when uh, you spend a lot of time with people like yourselves. We all spend quite a bit of time together and then you actually sort of sit down and have a chat with folk and you still learn about people even that you think 
<clears throat> that you think you know really well. So I appreciate all your time. Thank you for that. And uh, for those of you listening, as we've said a couple of times throughout, if you are nearby in the Navarrese area, feel free to get in touch with us if you want to join. Uh, and if you are, what was the other thing? Yes, if you are another club, if you're listening, you're from another club, as I said, I think it's I think it's six have reached out to me, but I said I wouldn't do any until we got this one filmed. So um, that sort of opened that. Is that Pandora's box? Is that the saying? Is that the wrong saying? I don't know. I'm terrible at sayings. Uh, any more clubs coming that we want to film with, that would be really good. Um, and we can sort of try and get as much stories from you guys out as we can. Um, that's coming from me as podcast host, but also um, comms and marketing side of things. I was the vice chair of that national committee and want to try and share as many stores, stories as I can. Natasha's making a very good point. There's actually two people on this call in the comms and marketing national committee, Tasha being one of them who is special in that she's in too. So uh, she's uh, quite a star in that, which we never actually spoke about when we spoke about young farmers. Uh, but um, <clears throat> I'm sure we'll have you on another time at some point to talk about that. But uh, yeah, feel free to get in touch. Last episode was, as I said at the start, was John McCulloch, so a bit more about young farmers. The next one coming is going to be more about young farmers. And I don't actually have my phone on me to check the remaining ones coming up, but we've got um, a lot of you know I've just came back from Tanzania and Rwanda. Myself, Jane, Lindsay, Katie and Paul are going to do a podcast talking about that because it was a life-changing experience, but we don't want it just to be changing life-changing for us. We want to come back and sort of showcase um, to people in Scotland uh, what, what's going out there and things we can learn from them, things they can learn from us. Uh, on top of that, we have got... Uh, I think the easiest way to explain this, guy is like, if you had like a Dick and Dom for Norway, he's like a, a, a child's TV, kids' TV, whatever you want to call it. Um, celeb. So he's coming on. I met him in Tanzania, so that should be quite good fun. Quite a lot coming up in the podcast. I think I've got 12 um, ready to be filmed, which annoyingly is only actually six weeks. But a lot coming up. Um, hope you're enjoying it. Make sure to follow on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to follow what Lorenith are doing, uh, is it Lorenith YFC on Instagram? Is that right? Uh, yeah, Lorenith Lorneth Young Farmers on Facebook. And then I think it's Lorenith YFC as well on TikTok. Uh, so is that wrong? Maybe I'm wrong. That is wrong. I don't know. Some I think like, you're right. I think you're yeah. right. Some, I'm sure if you type in Lauren F, you'll find it. <laughs> see what we're doing. Thank you all uh, for coming on. I hope you've enjoyed it yourselves. <laughs> and um, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you for episode number 133. Thanks, Wallace. Bye. Thank you, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed another excellent episode of the R2 cast. I just want to take this moment to quickly thank our primary sponsors once more, A-Plan Rural. If you follow A-Plan on social media, you'll see the work they're doing to really promote British farming and back our industry. It's been a pleasure working alongside A-Plan Rural so far, and long may it continue. The values of A-Plan Rural runs perfectly in line with the whole mantra of Rural to Kitchen, and I'm glad to have them on board. Check them out on Instagram at A-Plan Rural and on Facebook at A-Plan Rural Insurance. See you for the next podcast.